Waiting on you, buddy. <laughs> All right. It's 9 o'clock. Time to get started. Uh, our order of services... Uh, let me... Uh, it's amazing how you can... How you can't hear me when I have my mask up and how you can hear me when I don't have my mask up. and I can tell the difference. The clarity is you know, a lot better. All right. Uh, our order of service this morning is the St. Stephen's service, and we will open with the uh, entrance hymn, hymn 423, Jesus, Refuge of the Weary. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy.
for this holy house and for all who bow down here in worship let us pray to the lord lord have mercy creator of all christ have mercy redeemer of all lord have mercy holy spirit help save comfort and defend us confess our sin to one another and to the Lord. Gracious Father, we confess that we Almighty God, rich in mercy and abundant in love, has given his Son to die for us. For Jesus' sake, at his command, I forgive you all your sins. Go in peace. You have new life in Jesus Christ. The peace of the Lord be with you. We pray together. Lord God, our strength Keep us steadfast in your word, and we all raise us again, restore us through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you, Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the reading. Good morning. The first lesson is from the 22nd chapter of Genesis. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain. I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac and he himself carried the fire and knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself provided the lamb for the burnt offering, my son, and the two of them went on together. When they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. 
But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that, that you fear the Lord. Fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its thorn horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So that Abraham called the pla that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mouth of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time. And he said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, because you have done this and will not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of the enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. This is the word of the Lord. The second lesson is from the first chapter of James. Blessed is the one who perseveres on the trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those whom he loves. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. And after desire has conceived, it bursts to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. This is the word of the Lord.
We rise for the gospel. The Holy Gospel from St. Mark, the first chapter. Thank you, Lord, for this gift of life. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is the gospel of the Lord. God's grace, His mercy, and His peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Well, this might, might be kind of a controversial topic, I suppose, in this, especially in this day and age. Because in this day and age, if you think about it, we have this desire that a good God will follow the things that we think is good. And if God doesn't follow the things that we think is good, then He must not be much of a God at all. What do I mean by that? Well, the controversial statement might be that God can do whatever He wants, and whatever He wants to do is right. How do you feel about that statement? Are you thinking in your mind, oh, wait a minute. We need to, we need to put some provisos on that, right? Surely, Lord. You would not desire for us to take our son, our only son, and slay him, would you? This is what Abraham is facing this morning. After all God did for Abraham, and indeed, it is a long trial. Abraham was 75, was promised a son 25 years later. He gets a son, and now God says, take your son, haul him up to a mountain, and there, sacrifice him to me. I wonder if Abraham was having some children problems. Not that the child was the problem, but that his love for having children was the problem. And indeed, that can be still a problem today in many countries let's say in Africa or something, uh, you know, people talk about, well, we have too many people, the world is overpopulated, and we should try and cut down on that. And so you go and you teach somebody over there, overseas, that they shouldn't have so many children. But what you don't know about overseas is that their belief system is based on how many children they can have. So they'll have more than one wife. Why? So that they can bring up all of these children so that when they die, they will still re be remembered. It is, it is uh, what's called the living dead. It's a, and it's a religious belief 
As long as you are remembered, you are still alive. And what do people do? Well, they go and they, the family prays to go to, goes to your grave, um, prays because you are now closer to the God that is unapproachable, according to their concern. And, and, um, and, uh, and you can then intercede for them. That may sound familiar with some religions we have here. It's not way over there that that happens. But I'm just saying, when we go over there and say, you know, maybe you, should, you guys should take these little pills, you know, that helps you to not have kids and therefore overpopulate, you're killing him. So, in Abraham's time, maybe this was important. Uh, after all, look at his name. His name is Abraham. And um, Abraham is Hebrew for exalted father. Uh, what a joke. Uh, exalted father of, well, how many children do you have, Abraham? None. 75 years old and I don't have any children. And your name is Abraham. That's hilarious. But what does God do? He changes Abraham's name to Abram, Avram, which is father of many nations, right? And it makes a whole lot of sense later on. So you see this thing that God is trying to, to say. And indeed, when I say God, I'm talking about, it says an angel of the Lord says, but then if you look down a little further on verse 15, it says, 16, it says, I swear by myself. An angel of the Lord swears by himself. You know who that, that angel of the Lord is? The second person of the Trinity. We know him as Jesus, the Messiah. And Jesus is saying, don't harm that son. Now I know that you are, that you will put me above all other things. And indeed, this is something that is known to us. It's just like when you go into the military, they said, you know, we could go to war. And then all of a sudden you're in the military thinking, oh, GI Bill and this and that and the other thing. And then war kicks off. I didn't sign up for this. Oh, yes, you did. Right? They will be happy to say, you volunteered for this. And now you got to go. Well, what about Christianity? What did we volunteer for? We state, we espouse, we preach that there is one God. This God is perfect. This God is unknowable in many ways, not in the agnostic way. He has made himself known to us. So we know who God is, but we don't understand. We cannot plumb the depths of God and what sometimes he may ask us to do. He asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. He didn't, he, he wasn't going to make Abraham sacrifice his son, but in Hebrews later on, we see that Abraham went and did it knowing that God had the power to raise up Isaac if he wanted to. So God was all powerful. He knew that. And all he had to do is just obey 
God. Now, God hasn't ordered any of us to slay our children lately, has he? But at the same time, if you look in this world, and I, my opening statement was is that we have a problem of trying to put provisos on God. In other words, if God acts this way, well, then we don't, we don't like him, and we'll feel free to not believe in him anymore. Uh, look at all the death in the world. Look at, you know, pandemics. Look at this and look at that. And I've already explained that don't we know that this world is coming to an end? The scientists will tell you that this, this world is dying. You want to talk about lots of controversial topics? I mean, let's just throw it all on the table, you know, global weather-changing patterns. Oh, I don't believe in that. Okay. <laughs> Pandemics. I don't believe in that. Politics. That's all politics. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, floods and storms. And I mean, we had a doozy, you know, it's, two, it's 2020's fault. Okay. And... The statement there for those people who understand, who have read God's plan, is this world will pass. One of these days, one of those meteors isn't going to miss by some million miles or I don't know how many million miles. Oh, that was a close one there. Okay. But it's going to, this world is going to end. And we are here now spouting off this stuff that, for many people, sounds kind of weird. And I do remember, I said, you know, I was talking to some youth, and I remember saying, a state, making a statement that, that God can do whatever he wants to do, and he's never wrong. And that really sat with this youth as, well, that's just, that's not fair. What do you mean that's not fair? God is God. Having said that, you have to understand that God is indeed in himself. He is holy. God doesn't, you know, he's not a, one of those like a YouTube uh, video. He's, he doesn't stand behind the tree and wait for you to pass and then trip you and then laugh when you're laying on your face on the pavement. This is not the kind of God we have. But there are many things that God does that we cannot even begin to understand. And when we say, I don't agree with that. Or maybe God would say, I need you to do this. And I don't agree with that. I don't think that's Christian. Well, the one who created faith and all of these things have, has asked you to do something. And you have decided to set limits. Maybe like Peter, right? Peter sitting on the on the the roof of a house meditating, and then God shows him a blanket full of unclean animals and says, Peter, get up and eat. Kill and eat. Oh no. This is I know what this is. This is my confirmation. I know what this is. But I would never do that, Lord. And, you, and stand up and, and proclaim that he would never eat one of those 
one of those things because he knows and he's been taught as a child that we do not eat unclean animals. And then God says, Peter, do not declare unclean what I have declared clean. Let me go look in my catechism. I know what it says in my catechism, and now you're telling me something different. Love. Your love your neighbor as you love yourself. Hate those who hate God. Can you hate? Can you hate in a godly way? Does God hate in a godly way? What about those in our family? How do we treat those in our family? What is God telling us to do? If someone in our family denounces God, how do we feel about that? What do we say? Well, God, I, I know I'm not supposed to say anything to them, but they are railing against the Lord God Almighty. You see, these are some of the tough things that might, in our sense, equal God's request for Abraham to sacrifice his son, his only son. What sacrifices does God want us to make? Now, admittedly, this can go right down the old rabbit hole. Because what, are they, what can God ask you to do? What would God ask you to do? Now I'm not so sure about God. You mean he can ask me anything? Yeah, I mean, we're back to the military, right? Can they ask me to go shoot somebody? Yeah. Matter of fact, if you don't shoot somebody, they'll shoot you. And it's a real struggle. I remember being called out, and not, not here, but as a chaplain elsewhere, uh, on scene, an officer had to shoot somebody. And he asked me, what does God think about that? And I explained to him, well, you took a vow, did you not? You are a civil servant, charged to keep the peace. And if you do not keep the peace, are you doing your job? No. Sometimes keeping the peace means pulling a trigger. And I know now that is, once again, filled with controversy. And now you have people who uh, are victimizing the community getting out because they're of a certain age or they are of circumstances that don't seem fair to other people or what have you. Whatever happened to right is right and wrong is wrong. We deal with a lot of those things. And what do you do with that? Where's your faith? In Times of uncertainty, we need to understand that there is one God. This God hasn't changed. Even though the world around us 
as the Bible says, is going to get more and more difficult to live in, God never changes. God is our foundation. And once you understand that God is your foundation, you have something to stand on. No matter how silly it may seem, where else are you going to go? Jesus told Abraham, don't harm your son, your only son. As a matter of fact, I am going to bless you. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Why? Because Abraham, in spite of anything he might have thought, that God asked him, trusted in God. We have to trust. We do. We are trusting people. Even in a world that finds it difficult to trust anybody. Just think about that. This is an issue for us. Who do you trust? Can you trust people who come into your house? They knock at your door. Can you trust friends? Can you trust family? Who can you trust? You can trust God. It even says it on our money, right? Or does it? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> in God, we trust. We don't trust in money. We trust in God. And so we need to continue to do that. That is part and parcel to who we are. Trusting children of God who are willing to do things that God asks us to do. Never mind this one-off of God asking Abraham to slay his son. What about just simply loving God and loving your neighbor as you love yourself? And keeping yourself away from sin, which may entail separating yourself from people that you otherwise would like to hang out with. Maybe even separating yourself from family members who are actively railing against the God that you love and that you trust. Can you trust them? Well, everything in my mind wants me to trust them because I know them. I've known them since I grew up. I, all of these things, and yes, I want to trust them. Well, but they don't trust in God. As a matter of fact, if you would allow them, they would take you out of the realm of God. They would convince you not to follow God because God doesn't know what he's talking about. But you know different. There's no safe haven for us except through God. And we may say, but he, some, boy, you've just really opened my eyes to how much God can ask me to do. But let me... Let me say this. What did God do for you? Yeah, now that's a good question. What has he done for me lately? That's not what I'm asking. You know, I prayed for that uh, money and never came through, and God must hate me, and maybe I need to do some stuff to please God. Wow, you know, that's, that's, not, that's not it at all. While we were yet in, in the depths of sin, while we were yet not able to comprehend anything God wants for us, 
He sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and to die for us. He did what we could not do. He did it for us. And he says, trust me on this. Trust me. I am good. I am selfless. I am humble. But he's also mighty. Yes, he's all of it. He is humble. And he's, more, he's most powerful. Now, boy, that is... You don't hear that in this world. And he's the one who created the universe. If anybody has the right to tell us to do all kinds of stuff, if you want to be my disciple... Stand on your head and wiggle your ears. Well, God, you know, you know, I mean, me? I mean, when I was younger, maybe. I can wiggle my ears, actually, but I don't know so much about standing on my head. I might pop something. From a muscle to a tendon to a blood vessel, I... And why are you asking me this anyway? Well, he doesn't. But as a Christian, we know that it is impossible for us to obey God fully. And so, in essence, he asks us to be holy. And we say, but Lord, I'm not holy. And he says, that's okay, because Jesus was holy for you. And that makes all the difference. So, what if Abraham would have said, Oh, God, come on. This is ridiculous. I'm not going to go and slay my son, my only son. I'm not going to do it. Then God would have said, All right, salvation's called off. Let's pack up. Let's get out of here. And let's just kill the earth. No. That's not the way it would have happened. God is talking to Abraham and blessing Abraham for his faithfulness, just like he blesses you for your faithfulness. It may be completely different than Abraham's blessing, but if you are faithless, if you end up to forsake God, believe me, his plans will go on. They'll just go on without you. And that's the part, I think, that hits home the most. God's plan encompasses you. And what a shame it is when someone reaches some point and some proviso says, God cannot be my God because there's been too many floods this year, or too many hurricanes, or or he could have killed anybody else, but he killed that person. It was very special to me. So I take that personally. And therefore, I've got a beef against God. Well, I think it's misdirected. I think your beef is misdirected. Misdirected. Because God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would have everlasting life. No matter how easy it may seem to you, no matter how difficult it may seem to you, God is God. 
and there is no one like him. And so, be thankful that God has revealed himself to you and given you his Holy Spirit in baptism, and he strengthens you at the Lord's Supper, and he gives you his word to study and to follow. No matter how difficult your road may be, it does not change Christ for you. It doesn't change. It never changes. In essence, God did what he did not want Abraham to do. He brought his son to us, and his son suffered and died. God willingly did that. And of course, some people will not believe in God because he did something that was wrong. That's just wrong. Well, for God, it makes all the difference in the world. And Jesus, of course, did it willingly. This is why he was born. And in this Lenten season, we celebrate that. Yes, we celebrate the sufferings and death of Jesus Christ because we understand that there's a bigger picture than what our emotions bring about. There's a bigger picture. God for us. Christ for us. And you may think you elect your God, like in politics. You may think you're in, in the Christian party until God does something that you don't want him to do. And then you go find an independent party somewhere where you are the boss. But know this, you did not create the universe, God did. You did not send your son to die for anyone, God did. And when you pull away from God, you make yourself God. And so now you're accountable for everything that you do or don't do. And God will hold you accountable because you are either for him or against him. That is tough, isn't it? We really do want to think of God as, you know, Santa Claus with the beard and the wink. Ho, ho, ho. Come on in. I love you anyway. I created you. Come on. I'll let it slide. That's not who God is. He's not going to let anything slide. Everything we are forgiven for passes through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the one who offers forgiveness to us. Yes, a bloody death. That's how you and I are cleansed. Who can figure that out? Who can understand that? Only God's children of faith. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ. Amen. We continue with the hymn of the day, hymn 600.
We rise to the confession of faith of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and found in thee. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally God of the Father, God of God, light of light, true God of true God, the God of not making, one only of the Father, who in all things remain, for us and for our salvation, continue in our We pray. Heavenly Father, as we enter this Lenten season of repentance and renewed devotion, we pray that you would remember us according to your steadfast love and goodness in Christ and instruct and lead us by your Spirit in your ways so that we may repent and believe the gospel. Lord, in your mercy, Lord God, you placed in the, the wood of the cross on the back of your only begotten Son, that as the promised offspring of Abraham, he might possess 
the gates of hell. Bless, we pray, his church and those called to preach and teach within her with the certainty that those gates cannot prevail against them, that in faith they may boldly trample every power of the enemy underfoot. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, preserve all catechumens and their teachers, all children and their parents and every Christian home from the assaults of the evil one. As your son overcame Satan in the desert by the, God, the word of God, so also give us the victory through Christ and his word. Lord, in your mercy. Yeah. Father of lights, from whom every good and perfect gift comes down to us from above, keep us from being enticed by our own desires to misuse your gift in sin and help us to use them rightly in service to you and our neighbor. Bless all of our leaders that we may be governed wisely and justly for the good of this present generation and all those to come. Lord, in your mercy. Most high God, our refuge in every trouble you have promised to hear when we call to you. And your angels to guard our brothers and sisters, especially uh, those we pray for and we have a long list of names that we have read continuously uh, before you and many times. We pray specifically uh, for Al Bettisworth, uh, who continues to have health complications. His name is one of those on our list. And we also uh, pray that you would uh, be with those who mourn the loss of loved ones. And today we, uh, we pray for the family and the friends of Gene Warren, James McKenna, and Richie Dulcich. Um, we ask that you would be with them and remain close to them, that they may experience the peace that surpasses all understanding. We ask that you would be with each and every person who suffers, who are in our midst, Keep them from every evil that can befall the body, the mind, and the soul. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, the time is fulfilled, and your kingdom is at hand as your beloved Son comes to us here at the altar. By your Spirit, grant that we may receive him in repentance and believe the gospel proclaimed to us in his body, given, and his blood shed. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, we remember with thanksgiving those before us whom you brought faith by the word of truth who now live and reign in your presence with your Son. As you have also brought us forth by the word in baptism, we pray that you would bring us to full maturity by your word, that we too may be gathered with them, to your Son, on the glorious harvest of the last day. Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you know we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, from the beginning of time, gracious hand has given life to all things. You shape the world and fashion a people by the power of your word. 
All creation is renewed by the soft whisper and thunderous roar of your spirit. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. In this, the final age of your creation, you have given us your Son, your Word, become flesh. In his redeeming death and resurrection, Jesus has fulfilled your promise of a full, secure life on this earth and a certain joyous life throughout eternity. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take eat this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me and again after supper he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for them saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you for and for all people for the forgiveness of sins do this in remembrance of me blessed is he who comes in the name of the upon us now we pray your holy spirit that living in the light and power of jesus resurrection we may live our lives in praise of you and in service to others and so begin today in, to experience the inheritance prepared for all your children Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
Welcome to the table of the Lord. Please be seated. Not you, Bruce. You can just go ahead. <laughs> All right, announcements. Uh, we got something going on with the roof? Oh, yeah. They're going to finish it today. They're going to finish it today? Oh, okay. We better hurry up. Okay. Better hurry. 10.30? We got Bible study. Oh, he'll be over there. Okay. All right. So we'll just have to time our Bible study to the swings of the hammer. That's all right. That's not a problem. Uh, okay. So the usual schedule is Schoenhardt Hall where you pick up your, uh, your goodies um, and your coffee. And then we get back here, 1030, where there will be Bible study and shingle repairing. And so if you want to attend the Bible study, then right here, if you want to attend the shingling, it'll be out there. That's a that's a shame. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, and, and they've even I don't know are the sufferings that people and this is just individual sufferings that people have. Uh, some people are you know social butterflies, and so this pandemic has really been very very difficult. And I even heard a term, for, I don't know why we have to come up with a, with a term for everything, but I guess it's coronaphobia, you know. So if you're depressed because of, you know, the pandemic or whatever, I guess you have coronaphobia. I, to me, it's ridiculous. I, you know, I think, I, I don't know, I, I think we need to just understand that this world is, I mean, it's, it's failing, you know. And uh, put your trust in God and go forward knowing that, that his will be done. And I know, and that's the whole message, really. I know it's hard to understand that, but if you desert God, where, where's your home? Right? 
So Christ has done it all for you. And, um, you know, and we honor God for that uh, with, with our every day of our lives. So, um, so there you have it. Sorry, another thumbnail sketch. And now you guys are sitting here going, well, why didn't you do that as the main servant? <laughs> what are you laughing at, Steve? <laughs> it's only seven minutes after. What else do you have to do, by the way? Go to a football game? I think not. No. <laughs> let's, uh, let's rise and uh, we'll do the mission statement. As believers in Christ, St. Stephen Lutheran Church is committed to serving God by sharing the good news of Christ with all people. God's blessings go with you this week.